This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome to the show. You know, I really like that Kim Petra song, Don't Start Now. It's a yeah. really good song. It was just, that was what was playing just a second ago. Is that, she also has another single we've been playing. No, that, that's it. Don't Start Now. Okay. It's the only one that we've been playing. Because it's her new song. Love it. Or no, it's Future Start Now. Isn't okay. it? Future Starts Now. Yeah. Yeah, because it's not Don't Start wow. Now. Don't Start Now is Dim, uh, uh, Dua. Right? What's it called? Future Starts Now. Oh, my God. I'm... <laughs> <laughs> Either way, what's up, y'all? Remember, this is a talk show, uh, and of course, I was trying to do music. like a, you know create a little radio moment. I know, I was waiting for it. <laughs> now we do love Kim Petras and stick around for more of her on the station. Yeah, hopefully we get to chit chat with her again. Yes. Uh, well, speaking of an artist we've had on the show, you got Ooh. to see JoJo last night. We, oh my God, yes, you're right. We have. Do you remember this moment? Yes, <laughs> I've actually forgot. You know, but because it, it was over, it was over Zoom. It was twenty. 20, all that year is a blur. But yes, you know, Shira and Ryan went out on the town last night. And um, then we split ways after having several drinks. And then I ended up at a JoJo concert at the El Rey Theater, which is an iconic theater here. And it was it was beautiful. It was sold out. Uh, Demi Lovato made a, a special appearance and wow. sang a song with, uh, with uh, JoJo. It was just good vibes. And I appreciate a good concert that ends at a reasonable time. I was I was probably back at home by like no later than 10:45. That's good. That is a great concert cuz it starts it started right at 9. Oh, great. She's not And flaky. it was over at 10. Perfect. Beautiful. I like it. Right to the need, point. I don't need to like be at a concert for like 2 or 3 hours. Like that's my feet start to hurt, then I can't walk back to my car. It's just like a whole thing. You go from like dancing with your full body to just dancing with like your your face, your head. You're like just bopping. Is that what happens at concerts? Yeah, I just get like tired. I start using less of my body parts to dance. Well, speaking of, we have our big Odyssey concert coming up. We can't survive. Yes. Stacked like concert people going to be there. I mean, it's at the Hollywood Bowl and uh, Doja Cat, Black Eyed Peas. Who else? Uh, Kid Leroy. Um, oh my God, there's so many. And other it's people. almost sold out. I don't even know if you can get tickets, but if you want to check I it out, go can. to Odyssey. And I think uh, 97 Now, 97.1 Now is doing our a, sister station. a contest. Great. Well, there is lots coming up on our show today. Tell us about the it. The latest to come out of the NFL involving homophobic emails. We're talking more about that at 3.35 p.m. Pacific, 6.35 p.m. Eastern. And the rapper who went on a get vaccinated rant at the airport. It's better than a not don't get vaccinated rant. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Can't That's we're uh, about in the tea in a moment. 
But first, let's get into some what's trending this hour. A Republican lawmaker tried to attack Hollywood for making Superman bisexual in an upcoming comic book, but she didn't really get it. She said, uh, and this comes from Arizona Senator Wendy Rogers in a tweet, Superman loves Lewis Lane, period. Uh, of course, DC Comics announced on coming out day yesterday that Clark Kent's son, John Kent, will kiss male journalist Jane Nakamura. Hollywood is trying to make Superman gay and he is not. That was from the tweet. Yeah, so we're actually talking about that a little bit later on the show in a, in a more, you know, having more of a conversation because the original Superman, he spoke out about it. Well, we'll uh, be sharing that. In a bit on the show, so stick around. White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki called out GOP governors Greg Abbott and Ron DeSantis. Governor Abbott's executive order uh, banning mandates, and I would also note announcement by Governor DeSantis this morning, essentially banning the implementation of mandates, uh, fit a familiar pattern uh, that we've seen of putting politics ahead of public health. Both governors are basically banning or making it illegal for companies to implement vaccine mandates for their employees or businesses. And finally, a daily aspirin regimen should not be started for most adults to prevent a first heart attack or stroke. So this is something that's been recommended forever. What? Yeah. Who takes aspirin A daily aspirin, day? yeah. But now they're saying that if you do, you have the risk of bleeding um, that cancels out all the potential benefits. Doesn't aspirin thin your blood, too? Like, I thought, isn't that what that is? So, um, the U.S. Preventative Services Task Force had this recommendation statement today who said um, there was a change from its 2016 recommendation. It only applies to people who have no history of cardiovascular disease and are not already taking aspirin for a previous heart attack or stroke. So, you should not start a daily aspirin regimen. I never thought aspirin was like the most powerful like drug out there, but it seems like it, it packs a punch if you do it the wrong way. Well, this is an I find this interesting because it goes back to all these things that are recommended, right? Uh and now we're seeing many years later that it's not actually the right thing, which is why people go the holistic route sometimes because of moments like this. Until someone says, oh, the holistic route isn't the right thing. Well, that's still, I would like more of those things to be looked at and studied for the, uh, to see if science can confirm it and approve it. But we're not there with all of that. Uh, Vitamin D has been the only one that's been shown supposedly to benefit you out of all of them. I'm most definitely not going to take your word for it. <laughs> Let's uh, get into some tea. What's going on? Well, uh, we only have a short amount of time. Black China, can't believe we're about to talk about her. Uh, she flew off the handle at a Miami airport as she went on a loud rant in which she demanded fellow travelers to get effing vaccinated. She was va- uh, captured on video saying this Go get checked out. It's sad. Yeah. And it really blows the f- out of me. Go get the shot. Yeah, I mean, this all happened after a maskless China started her COVID vaccine lecture after a woman with a baby asked for a photo with the 33-year-old model and hip-hop star. Yeah, I don't know. It seems intense that she was just screaming across... Miami International Airport. <laughs> like, we get it, Black China. But also, I agree with her. Everyone should get effing vaccinated. Get your crap together, Can people. Can someone remix what she said into a song? No, I don't want that. That's your tea report. <laughs> Come on. Coming up next hour, got more. 
That and vitamin D. Okay, now coming up as airlines were hit with with tons of cancellations over the weekend. Should we expect more cancellations, including with the holidays coming up? Oh, no! That's next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Southwest Airlines canceled 2,000 flights over a holiday weekend. I mean, the worst timing ever. Like, what would you do if that was you, where you're planning this vacation, you're going somewhere, and it just gets canceled? Well, no shade, I wouldn't be taking Southwest. Hey. (laughs) Which, they have affordable prices, don't get me wrong. I will, I have taken a flight before, but now I would. Well, the question is, should we expect more of this throughout the holidays? Joining us right now is Ariana Pollock, Politico's aviation reporter. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. So I guess first thing is, is is this going to be something we're going to see more of moving forward? And what is going on? So experts say yes, uh, with the holiday you know, season coming up, and it's a busy travel season. And it's most likely because we've already seen these types of blips over the summer. Southwest isn't the first airline to have a shortage like this. In this case, it was a staffing shortage. I mean, you've seen it with American Airlines that had some scheduling setbacks. You've seen it with Spirit. Southwest just happened to reverberate, uh, you know, really widespread in the way that it did um, with, you know, they first said it was an ATC air traffic control issue. Then they said it was weather. But then without the staff and crew in place ready to go, uh, this is what really manifested into thousands of people stranded and hundreds of flights canceled. And finally, it just stabilized today. But, you know, with, you know, analysts and experts out there are saying, if it can happen to Southwest, if it can, ha- can happen to American spirit, it's, it's likely going to continue, especially with the pressure to get holiday travel back up and running to pre-pandemic levels that we really haven't seen in over two years and everyone's really itching to get out there is a shortage because people are refusing like employees are refusing to get the vaccine or like what what's the the shortage when it comes to people not wanting to show up to work so it looks like it's been where with the shortage it's been where like i said earlier crews in place really it's you know, those on-call pilots or those reserve pilots that, you know, sometimes they need to come to backfill some of those jobs. That seems to be what has been manifesting here and trending here. It's not necessarily tied to vaccine shortages. I have a vaccine mandates for the shortages. Um, I know that the pilot union for Southwest said, you know, that's not the case here. We didn't have mass sick outs. We even had the FAA put a rare statement out on Twitter last night saying that is not the case here. Um, but of course, that is something that was swirling on social media that absolutely these are attributable to walkouts from employees. Um, there there hasn't been, um, you know, from the examples that have been given, there hasn't been anything to back up that statement just yet with people coming out against it, actually. And so right now, the staffing shortages just looks to, you know, those crews that maybe weren't able to be in place. And again, that's something that trying to come out of the pandemic. Southwest is booking a ton of flights. Southwest is scheduling a ton of flights. But whether or not the flight attendants and the crew and the agents are all there to get that up and running, that's the, where the question lies. Yeah, unfortunate, um, including when you're ready to go. And that just happens. Well, let's talk about the vaccine mandates. It seems like Southwest Airlines, American Airlines, they're both based in Texas. Now, Texas Governor Greg Abbott said that it is basically illegal to require employees to get vaccinated. Companies can't implement a vaccine mandate. And yet it seems like those two companies are what's going to happen there since they are in that state. 
So interestingly enough, the federal mandate that the Biden administration has requested from the airlines um, that was made a month ago, that so far looks like it may supersede what the decree is from Governor Abbott in this case. Of course, the lawyers are going to parse this out and they're going to look at the fine print and double check that that's what it stands as here. Because, of course, we saw, you know, Governor DeSantis in Florida try the same thing with with cruise lines. um, But then, of course, the courts buck that. So it's a question of will the White House's federal mandate supersede? And it looks like at this moment it will. And that's why Southwest and American Today came out and said, we're going to go with what the Biden administration has told us, which is we have to abide by the December 8th uh, deadline because that's when you mandated that for federal contractors. And in order to keep our federal contracts with you, uh, we have to get our employees vaccinated. Mm. So they're going to keep it for now. Um, again, I'm sure this will become a legal battle, as we've seen with many businesses before. Um, but so far, that's what they're sticking to, regardless of what the governor put in place last night. Wow. I was going to say just quickly, what about passengers? What are the rules there or, or anything new that you're hearing? So that's something that the administration has been a little more tepid towards. Um, I think that there would be a lot of blowback uh, from passengers saying, oh, my gosh, now in order for me to travel, I have to get vaccinated. Um, You've seen, uh, you know, Dr. Fauci has said that he supports something like that because he'd like to travel with, you know, another vaccinated person next to him. Um, But there's other lawmakers that have also said, you know, airlines are as safe as they can get. They have great filtration systems. Uh, You know, there's mask mandates in place. So let's keep that going. So, so far, you haven't seen the government come and step in and say, let's do this for passengers too. And they're a little bit reluctant for the reasons of that blowback. All right. Well, that was Oriana Pollock, Politico's aviation reporter. Thanks so much. Thank you. Next up, why uh, you should not get booster shots before you're eligible. We're going to be talking more about that right after this with an infectious diseases expert. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. 
Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. As the CDC is recommending certain groups of people to get a booster shot, experts are saying you should not rush to get yours if you're not in that group. Joining us right now is Dr. Amish Adalja, an infectious diseases expert at Johns Hopkins Center for Health Security. Thanks again for joining us. Thanks for having me. So why shouldn't people get a booster shot before they're eligible? People shouldn't get one early because there's a process going on. And, for example, with Pfizer, there was a debate over who would benefit most from the boosters, and they came down with people above the age of 65 and those with high-risk conditions. The Moderna vaccine, uh, those people are not eligible at this point, but there's going to be a a debate about this. They may be a different altered dosage. It might be just 50 micrograms instead of 100 micrograms. There's also studies going on with mixing and matching. All of that's going to play out in the next couple of weeks. And I think it's important just to stay tuned because what we know is if you're not in those high-risk groups, it's unlikely that you're going to have a severe breakthrough infection. And it's not something we want kind of people to, to go ahead and do on their own without having data. And we have the data for the Pfizer vaccine, and that's why. And, and there's certain groups that benefit. But other people, I think we're going to see that, that in the next couple of weeks, actually probably this week, so it's not too much longer people have to wait to get some more clarity. So what's more important? Because there's so many conversations right now about the flu shot and the booster shot. What's more important, like, to get first? The flu, the flu vaccine. Uh, I'm actually eligible for the booster vaccine, and I did not get one because I don't think I fit into one of those high-risk groups, even though I'm a healthcare worker. The flu vaccine, I think, is, is probably more important for most people right now than the, than the booster vaccine, unless you're in one of those high-risk groups. If you're above the age of 65, if you're immunosuppressed, if you've got uh, m- multiple medical problems and maybe you're above the age of 50, that, that's where the COVID booster makes the most sense. Everybody should be getting a flu, flu vaccine. There's a lot of debate going on about where the booster is best poised, and I think it's really in those high-risk groups. The general healthy population is not going to benefit so much from a booster, and that's why the World Health Organization has not recommended that countries start booster programs. Can you get them on the same day? Yes, you can get them on the same day. Oh, that's cool. So you just one and done, like in the same arm or like one in one arm and the other? Well, most people like to get in the same arm, so you're just, so one arm hurts, not both arms. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. When will others be eligible for the booster shot, everyone else? So it's important to remember that it's not just some preordained thing that everyone at some time is going to be eligible. It has to be something data-driven. And when we talked about 65-year-olds being eligible, it was because we saw actual clinical data showing breakthrough infections landing them in the hospital to a high degree. That's just not happening for healthy groups. So it may be that if you're a healthy person, someone, I'm 45, that, that you're not going to necessarily see that be a recommendation for, for a booster, that, that it's, it may be something that only high-risk individuals are going to need. And so, so it's not going to be the case that there's going to be a pre-specified date when something is going to be available for everybody. Moderna and Johnson & Johnson, I suspect maybe the high-risk groups are going to get a similar recommendation uh, than the, the Pfizer did at the end of this week. But it may be that some people may not need a booster for some time or at all if, if what we're talking about is protecting against severe disease because it seems to be holding up really well in the healthy populations against severe disease. Yeah, and I, I think what's interesting also, if you... Would would it mess up the process of the CDC trying to track vaccinations if it if you get the booster too early? Not necessarily. They're able to tell when there's additional doses given. The states keep track of all of that. Obviously, if people lie and say this is their first dose, that kind of thing, it might make it difficult to track. 
but but I think that there are systems in place to understand when third doses are being given versus first doses or second doses. So if you have your two doses, you're fully protected. You're good for right now. Right, and unless you're unless you're somebody that's above 65, unless you're somebody that's immunosuppressed or has a, a high risk health condition, uh, if you're a healthy person, I think the, the, the vaccines are holding up really well. Well, that was Dr. Amesh Adalja, infectious diseases expert from Johns Hopkins Center for Health Security. Thanks again. Well, next up, what's Trump's new slogan for 2024? You heard me. We (laughs) get into that next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. He's back. Oh, no. (laughs) You think that's uh, we're talking about the next Halloween horror movie. Well, I guess it's kind of like that. I mean, okay, here it is. Former President Donald Trump. He had this... uh, what seemed like a campaign-style rally in Des Moines, Iowa over the weekend and gave a pretty clear signal that he intends to run in 2024 and with this new political slogan. Remember, it was supposed to be something a little different than make America great. It was supposed to be keep America great. But America's not great right now, so we're using the same slogan, make America great again. And we may even add to it, but we'll keep it. Make America great again again, because we already did it, right? We're going to make America great again again. Can we talk about how... I don't know what to say. No, here's the thing. I Immediately when I saw this clip, I thought, this man's kind of a genius. Because think about it. It's so stupid that it might work. Make America great again again. It's not hard. It has people. It's not like they're going to forget it. Mm-hmm. And it's not like he came up with, let's be clear, he didn't come up with the make America great again anyway. Like, that's a Reagan thing. Yeah. But it's so dumb that it may work. Of course it's probably going to work. It's like so dumb. But it's perfect. It's easy. It's not like, what was Biden's again? No malarkey. <laughs> the malarkey. I can't. <laughs> I can't even see it or spell it. Now it's, I think it's, uh, it's build back better. Even that is hard to say. Build back better. Say that a bunch of times quick. Build back better. Build back better. Build back better. <laughs> I can do it. You just got to breathe. But I, I, I genuinely feel like, um, as in slogans, yeah, I think Trump's not even really char- like trying. I feel like these rallies that he does are kind of like focus groups just to see what like he's throwing ideas at the wall just to see what sticks well that's what comedians do when they're working out yeah act really yeah uh they basically go to different open mics are you saying (laughs) he's funny or he's trying to do the same thing strategically. <laughs> and they'll try Chanel? out they'll try out all their jokes and they'll basically play back where they heard reaction or laughs. Oh. And then they double down on those statements. That makes sense. Right? That makes sense. But I think that it's more toxic when Trump does it because it's just like you're really just fueling all the negativity. And honestly, it doesn't really even feel like he's trying. It it feels like He's playing a video game, and he's almost at the final level of beating it again. And he's just like, I'm having a good time. I'm just going to stick with the same old things that I know, the same old racism, the same old problematic things, and just, you know, stick with make America great again, again, again. It's it's so bad. It it, it somehow is, works, basically. Yeah. You know, it, it, I genuinely feel like it, it works so much where the reason here, I think the reason what? why I feel like it works is because... I, I think, what if Democrats, like, underestimated? 
because they find it so stupid that's that they're not going to like try case. to like do anything. But about that's it always about been it. the case. When he first announced he was running or even had interest, oh yeah, that's a joke. When he announced, oh yeah, that's a joke. When he got closer, oh yeah, that's a joke. Until it got really close, until he won. And then it was like we got lucky with this win. But it is worrisome because the worry is, is that, you know, my hope is that we have the same energy and fire that we had in the last election. But unfortunately, there's going to be those few people that ended up voting for Biden, you know, in the gray area. They're the ones. The hate vote because they hated Trump so much. They just voted for maybe or that Trump just put them over the edge. But they were like, but they're not sure about Biden. I'm worried that those are the people that don't like the way Biden's handling things. No, honestly, and those are the, the ones that end up back with the make concern. America great again, again. Because if I'm being honest, I've, I I don't know if I would vote for Biden again, but I wouldn't vote for Trump. Vote for Biden again, again. again. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, we are moving on with the show. We got what's trending this hour coming up. The NFL has a crisis on its hands, and it involves homophobia. The recent news to come out that has a top coach resigning. That and more next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Stick around because we've got some more music coming up here on Channel Q. And also, our show continues. Uh, Demi Lovato and extraterrestrials. Get her to stop. Oh, get them to stop. Oh, geez. Well, she is she they, you know? Yes. So. Well, the latest in the tea report with Ryan in a moment. Plus, I'm so excited for this. We are meeting the minister fighting anti-transgender bills in Texas in 15 minutes. Praise Jesus. She's joining us right here on Let's Go There. Let's get into some what's trending this hour, though, right now. Out NFL player Carl Nassib's coach from the Vegas Raiders, John Gruden, has resigned from his position after emails were made public that showed him using homophobic, transphobic, sexist, and racist language. Gruden coached the team. Uh, that, of course, Nassib was on, and he recently came out, of course. According to New York Times, Gruden referred to NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell. Okay, I'm not going to get into these words, but we're going to talk more about this later in the show and the implications of something like this. Because the NFL's not necessarily been welcoming and opening to the LGBTQ community in the past. Oh, screw the NFL. But um, I think this was really not a good thing. He's gave me another reason not to watch the Super Bowl. Unless Beyonce just pops out out of nowhere. <laughs> then I guess I will be forced with one eye closed and one eye open. Okay. Well, Democratic Representative Adam Schiff was on CNN. And he referred to House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy as an insurrectionist in a suit and tie. He also slammed the House Republican leader for having absolutely no reverence for the truth. Here's mm. what he had to say. Uh, If witnesses do not show up, uh, we will hold them in criminal contempt. We will vote them in contempt in the House and we refer them for prosecution. Uh, And that uh, is, I think, that will be a a sign that our democracy is recovering, uh, that the Justice Department is upholding the principle that no one is above the law. He's, of course, responding to news that Trump asked for former aides also to defy the January 6th committee's subpoena. And finally, the latest from the job openings and labor turnover summary for August released this morning found that the number of job openings took a breather from record highs in recent months. But this is interesting. A record 4.3 million workers walked off the job. They actually got the number of people that walked off the job. Job openings also fell from a record of 10.9 million to 10.4 million. 
That was what's trending this hour. What's happening in entertainment news, Ryan? Oh, my God. I think Demi Lovato has become an activist for extraterrestrials. Okay. Okay. It's time for the team report. Those pop culture stories trending right now. Demi, oh, Demi has an out-of-this-world take that's bound to get eyeballs rolling. Um, basically, they think that we should retire the term, quote, alien when referring to extraterrestrials. Yes, yeah, seriously. They said this. They made the bizarre plea to us earthlings during an interview with an Australia outlet um, in which they say the term alien itself is offensive. The context here, of course, is Demi is plugging the new Peacock special of theirs called Unidentified, where they and their pals uh, go looking for proof of Martians and seem to find something. Now, while talking about this new project, they said this, quote, I really think that if there was anything out there that would want to do that to us, it would have happened by now. But I don't think we we have to stop calling them aliens because aliens is a derogatory term for anything. Well, that's is, why I, I, call, think, I like to call them ETs. Don't you think that's weird? They would be like, we're, I'm, I'm not like a movie. Like a huge, well, I don't uh, think the alien would know about the. This the movie. is the thing we always look at things based on how us humans perceive it. If they are whatever they are, they're not thinking the way us humans are thinking. Can I get some tea? So when I interviewed Demi, uh-huh. there was a moment in our interview that they asked to be taken out, just in, in the sense of like choices of words. Mm-hmm. I feel like they're very like, um, high, they're really. Um, they're really intentional about the words that they use. Yeah. And like they said something about when we we're talking about chosen fr- family, they they use the word tribe and they wanted that to be taken out because they were like, I don't want to offend anyone. Right. And I get that. But like when it comes to this alien stuff, I need Miss Demi Lovato or, you know, I need them to hush because I don't know what they talk about. Taking it too far. Yeah. Honestly, I'm sorry. I'm about to start agreeing I'm with ra- Dave Chappelle. Maybe PC culture's too much. <laughs> Maybe he's made some points. <laughs> I'd rather them say something like... <laughs> that was a good one. I'd rather them say, like, you know, I feel uncomfortable calling aliens aliens. I'd rather say this. Not like I'm starting a movementchange.org, et cetera, et cetera. Anyway. Like, what's next? A GoFundMe for the aliens' arrival? Please get a, get away like, from me. We don't need money. We're aliens. No, there's a, a hilarious clip that's also as we wrap up. Oh my god, we're late. There's a hilarious clip um, that Demi is singing "Skyscraper" their song to a ghost. Oh. No, it's it's cringy and as uncomfortable as it sounds. I think we should do like some commentary on their show. <laughs> like watch it. All right, let's. That's your team report. Right, we gotta get out of here. Next up, the minister fighting anti-transgender bills in Texas, Reverend Remington Johnson, joins us next. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. 
As we know, unfortunately, trans youth in Texas have been the targets this year of more than 50 bills that would restrict their involvement in sports or ban them from gaining access to certain health care and more. And Reverend Remington Johnson, a Presbyterian minister and healthcare chaplain, is looking to change that, continuing to fight yes. those anti-trans laws in the state. And yes. guess what? We're going right to the source right now. She joins us now on Let's Go There. Welcome, Reverend, She's to the here. show. Oh, thanks for having me. Uh, yeah, um, yeah, I mean, I'm just a person that shows up when people ask me to show up. So, I mean, I'm, yeah, I'm happy to be here, but I, mean, you're I, I don't think that. I'm the... You're here. You show it up when <laughs> I'm, we I'm asked. here. Yeah, it's like that. You, you send me an email, you say, hey, you free tonight? And I go, I mean, not super, but sure, I'll be free for y'all. <laughs> so here we are. Well, we appreciate it. We're big fans of the work you're doing, and it's unfortunate that you need to do this work, obviously. You have fought so tirelessly to fight this, these bills. Was this always your mission in your work? I mean, no. I mean, it's, I mean, I, you know, I'm super good at uh, death and dying and all the things that happen in healthcare. So, I mean, that's what I've spent all my career sort of like uh, helping people make the decision. Are we going to go for that super high risk surgery where we might die on the table or should we go home, eat, drink and be merry and, you know, and die? How do we decide what we want to do? So that's, that's in the bulk of my, you know, I mean, sort of my whole career and what I, I, I feel like I'm put on the earth to do is help do that. I mean, I'm, I'm currently working on a master's of nursing so I can do more of bedside care. Oh, wow. um, uh, but I, you know, I, I'm, I'm good at taking up space and talking into a mic. And um, so I show up to this, uh, this stuff at the Capitol. Yeah. And we're not going to dive too much into kind of like the healthcare clergy work that you do, but I do wonder, I always wonder how does religion kind of come in, especially because we're in the middle of a pandemic and so, so many people lost so many loved ones last year. Was that difficult? Kind of were people kind of coming to terms with the religion in a lot quicker ways, or coming to terms with kind of what was going on through the work that you were doing? I just always wonder how, if someone wasn't really religious before, how does kind of life impact them to become religious at those pivotal moments where they're like literally choosing these kind of life or death uh, situations? Yeah, I mean, in, in my experience, people that are that are a religious, atheist, non-religious, they don't just become religious. Um, so, you know, for them, my job is to support and celebrate where they're at, mm. um, and, you know, and not try to push them in one different, one belief system or another. So no, no I, I never saw sort of like, you know, folks being like, oh God, I'm going to die. I better believe in God. Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. It was just sort of like, look, this is who I am. And then our job is to hold space and support and celebrate who they are. I love that. Yeah. It's amazing. But what is it like being a trans woman in Texas and then someone who's a minister? I mean, Put that all together, and there's a lot. I mean, I think I have a pretty lovely life. I mean, folks, I, I, um, folks tend to be really nice to me, uh, whether they are like Republican, Democrat, whatever. Um, I mean, you know, going to the Capitol has been miserable, but I haven't had a single Republican um, legislator misgender me. Um, I, I get, I get sort of a kick out of hearing them, you know, from the mic on the record, being like. Uh, uh, Ms. Uh, Ms. Remington Johnson. Oh, thank you. You know, and I, I, I you know, there's something special, but I'm like, well, you know, at least you're going to be nice for this one moment. <laughs> yeah. And I, um, we found your story through an NBC news article, which just really went into, uh, kind of your work and what you were doing. And, and you actually talked about, you know, when you went to the Capitol, how a lot of your activism recently this year has kind of been traumatizing can you talk a little bit about that because I, I find it when with visibility oftentimes people leave out 
that other side of it because people always praise visibility but never really talk about how traumatic it can often be being visible and doing the work that you're doing. Oh, yeah. I mean, the, 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 the trauma piece, is, it's sort of twofold. One is that, you know, to do this activism, you, I, I have chosen to be very open and vulnerable, which means you're sort of be, I'm being vulnerable with people that think, you know, my humanity is worth less than someone else's. Um, and that's, you know, that that makes it hurt a little bit more. Um, and then the other part of the, the painfulness of, of the activism, activism is to be close to the harm that's being caused. So, so seeing these families and these children and, and seeing that sort of the pain and the suffering and the anxiety that is spun up by all this, I, you know, it's really challenging. So it's sort, of, sort of, it's sort of witnessing to the suffering and also experiencing the suffering at the same time. So it's sort of both and. Wow. Well, you have so much optimism within what feels like a lot of tragedy right now. What message do you have for the trans youth out there? I mean, my message for the trans youth is that, you know, y'all are magical. You are the way forward. I mean, you, you guys show us, I mean, I, I think I said in one of my speeches, like, y'all hear that still small voice and you respond. And I, I think, you know, in a, in a, you know, it doesn't have to be in a religious way. What I'm saying is like, these are people, these are children that, that, you know, are understanding themselves and then taking action to care and support themselves. And that's something that we should be applauding and supporting and celebrating across the board. Um, and so what I would say to them is that y'all are special, and I am so sorry that we are all making it so hard to be you, um, but that you have so many people that are behind you, and we're going to do everything we possibly can to make sure that the world is here for you to grow up in and that we can celebrate you. Oh. Uh, we, we appreciate your love and joy. No, seriously. And I, I hope we can have you back on because I would love to to know your perspective on how you kind of became a reverend in, in that space. Because oftentimes, you know, queerness, transness don't often correlate to religion. And I think that it could be a really inspirational um, story to have you back on. So part two, very, very soon. Uh, yeah, do, do a part two. And, and I think that's the piece with the religion pieces. You know, I, I think I said in that in that interview, like, I feel like it's my job to show up when religion is being used wrong. Mm. Um, and and I, think, I think religion has harmed and continues to harm the trans community and the queer community and so many other communities, like the, the planet and the ecosystem at large. And so, you know, I, I want to do just a tiny bit to be like, hey, y'all, we're doing this wrong. So, I'm obsessed with you. Yeah, yeah so you're great. continue to be perfect the way you are. <laughs> It's great. It's really great news. Y'all are making me feel very good about myself. You, you deserve. You don't even need us for that. Are you kidding me? Once, if you saw us in person, you would be like, yeah, I know I'm perfect. <laughs> Just saying. You should see my hair right now. Honestly, you really should. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was Reverend Remington Johnson, a Presbyterian minister and healthcare chaplain. Thank you so much for joining us. We so appreciate you and everything that you're doing. All right. Thank you all so much. Well, next up, an NFL coach has resigned for... Surprise, surprise, homophobia. What exactly happened next? Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Readers head coach John Gruden resigned after emails surfaced revealing his homophobia, transphobia, sexism, racism, etc. etc. I can't believe we ended bad romance for this. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Alex Reamer is back with us, digital content producer at Odyssey Sports. Oh, now I understand. It's Alex. Exactly. Thanks for being here. 
Yes, how are you, my friend? Long time no chat. I know. I mean, again, we don't typically cover sports, but when this came out, we were like, yikes. You're our sports guy. I know. You guys cover the bleep shows. I'm here for it. Yes. I I I have no clue what that means. What does that mean? Bleep show. Oh, the S show. Oh, I got it. Yes, we do. We do do that. You should have said poop. Come on. Yeah. The poop Come on, show. keep up, guys. What are you doing? <laughs> uh, okay, so let's get into this. How did these emails even come out? So this is very interesting. So the so somebody, I mean, in somebody in this case is the NFL, leaked these emails to the New York Times. Last Ooh. week, the first one was leaked to the Wall Street Journal with the racial remark that John Gruden made about the head of the NFL Players Association. Here's what's going on. The NFL is investigating the Washington football team and their owner, Daniel Snyder, for workplace allegations of sexual harassment, other forms of misconduct. And as a result, they obtained all 65,000 emails that were sent and received by Washington executives over a certain period of time. So the NFL is sitting on tens of thousands of emails, many of which we're assuming belong to uh, Washington owner Daniel Snyder, that nobody's leaked. The emails that have been leaked are John Gruden's, Clearly, somebody in the league office has a vendetta for him, and given how he talked about Roger Goodell and others in the league, that's not surprising. But yeah, these emails were quote-unquote uncovered, meaning uh, they were leaked. Okay, so that means someone was out to get him in the way? Like, they wanted him out anyway, and so this was like a way to do it? Absolutely, because again, the NFL is investigating the Washington football team. These emails were part of that investigation a very small part of that investigation. The NFL said over the summer they will not release any of the findings that pertain to Daniel Snyder, the Washington owner, because of the sensitive nature of the investigation. But somehow these John Gruden emails got out. So it's not a defense at all. But the league is sitting on tens of thousands more emails that we have not seen. This might be as good as like the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. It feels like a Ted Lasso. This feels like something that would happen in Ted Lasso. No, uh, this would not happen in Ted Lasso because Ted Lasso would never be caught dead saying anything like this. Yeah, all right. Well, you get it. But so how surprised were you? I mean, covering the world of sports, this was a pretty big deal. I mean, isn't this like not that surprising because of course they're homophobic? a little bit on that. I mean, this is a big deal because also because Carl Nassib, the only out gay active player, plays for John Gruden, or played for John Gruden, I should say, since he resigned. And Gruden publicly was very supportive of Nassib. Uh, am I surprised that there's this clubby culture around the NFL where all these older conservative white guys uh, say horrible things about other people? No, I'm not really surprised about that. But the NFL as a league has made a lot of efforts to improve inclusion in recent years. And you're seeing that you know, Gruden resigned as soon as the emails came out. The Buccaneers, who he used to coach, removed him from their Hall of Fame today. So the reaction around the league is straight-out condemnation, uh, which I think does tell you about something where the NFL is in 2021. Uh, but no, there is still obviously this atavistic, uh, toxic culture around the league and these emails by Gruden certainly embody that. When okay, can you? What was the time period? Like, what year did these emails actually happen? Right. Yeah. So, so these, so the emails that were reviewed as part of this investigation uh, pertained to 2011 through 2018. These specific emails, these homophobic emails that Gruden sent, I believe, were sent around 2011, 2012. 
while he was working for ESPN mm. as their lead analyst for Monday Night Football, which mm. is uh, you know one of the NFL's signature games of the week. So I asked that because I wonder. This was a secret forever, and I wonder: right. does that necessarily mean just because of the outer appearance? is different and we saw all of this change take place does that really mean the interior is like clean and and actually people are changing right is the culture still the same inside and just on the outward appearance it just is like oh we gotta make it seem like we're on the right side of history here how can we trust that uh yeah i mean you see emails like this it is hard to trust that i will say the reaction to carl Nassib and the support he's received around the league has been incredible. He said it himself. He hasn't encountered one negative thing at all. His sexuality really hasn't even been a story this season. And you saw the NFL make a video for National Coming Out Day last year. They've donated a lot of money to the Trevor Project after NASA's coming out. They turned their shields rainbow for Pride Month. And I've talked to uh, a retired out NFL player a couple weeks ago named Ryan Russell, and he said, even though that's a symbol, that did mean a lot to him because that shield, the NFL's shield, is so... Uh, iconic and synonymous with the league. So at the corporate level, absolutely you're seeing attitudes change. I think, again, the fact that John Gruden immediately stepped down after these emails were released, the Buccaneers, his former team, removed him from their Hall of Fame today. Uh, there is, you know, the, I think the NFL culture is changing, but certainly there are a lot of holdouts and it's not perfect. All and right, something like this Alex, this conversation is getting a little too much for me. I think I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> Hilarious. Well, you asked. I know, I did. Alex Reamer, (laughs) we so appreciate you. Thanks for bringing the sports to our show. No, I appreciate it. Maybe some more sports things will happen so you can come back. Yeah, another poop show anytime, guys. There you go. Actually, do you know about the soccer stuff that's happening with the Women's League? Uh, A little bit. Not enough to, unfortunately, comment on it. I'm sorry. Okay, it's fine. Thanks. Never mind. That we was going to be your shot. We just produced the show. That was going to be your shot. But never mind. <laughs> oh, wow. You only got one shot, Alex. Okay, that was Alex Reamer, digital content producer at Odyssey Sports. Thank you again. Yes, thank you. Next up, we've all been around those folks who give very specific instructions on how to prepare their food. But did this couple take it too far? We get into it next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. So how far is too far in terms of giving specific instructions for your order at a restaurant? All right. I mean, you were a waiter, a server. Yes. Did you hate on people that were like very specific? Did you have any of those No, actually, I was a fabulous server. I I made a lot of money and I had a great time. You know, now there are some people and I've had a, I had a couple of tables where they were just rude or, well, actually it wasn't really even my table. There was just, you know, adjacent or, and they just didn't like me because I was just so fab. Um, but, of course. No, yeah, I've had tables where it was like super annoying, but it kind of comes with the territory. Unless I'm super busy, like really, really busy where I got like six tables at once. Yeah. That's where it can get really frustrating because you're like on a time clock and you want to make sure you're remembering everything. It's a it's a it's a um it's a strategy on how to do these things, right? It it, it takes a lot. Well let me tell you what happened at this one restaurant. Okay. When according to the server, Alan and Karen, yeah, it was a Karen. <laughs> so you can't make this up. They turned up at this restaurant with instructions for the chef on how they wanted their burgers prepared. And it wasn't just like a verbal suggestion or order. They literally had pen. They wrote up, printed out this six-step guide detailing how to prepare their burgers for takeout. Which is really intense because, one, 
they're asking for the buns in one container and all meats in another all container. Each, each ingredient in a different container, basically. But no, here's a weird thing about the burger patties. They want them as rare as possible, just brown each side. Is this like the Twilight at the Cullens? Like, are they like vampires <laughs> wanting just raw meat? Because honestly, go to the grocery store. But here's the thing. I understand having an order that you want a certain way, right? Totally. Like, it's so frustrating when you order something from an Uber Eats or a Postmates and you put in specific directions and like, oh, I want this sauce or I want something, you know, nothing with tomatoes or whatever. And it, it's the, the things are not followed. I get it. It can be very frustrating. But this seems psychotic. It seems like someone has OCD control issues. There's nothing. At the maybe same OCD. Time, well, yeah. When you definitely have some OCD, if you are so how to prepare Alan and Karen's burgers to go, they print this out and they give this for each of their orders. So there's that side to it. Like, let's they look have at why at they need to do this. I don't think so. Listen, there's a reason why. If you want to pay for this type of service and for this type of food, go ahead, go order out. You know, like do what you want to do. That said. There are restaurants that will say yes. There are restaurants that will say no, and you need to be okay with this. Yeah. I just, when you know, when we make the assumption that this is annoying and how dare they, I feel like we don't know what's behind it. What if there's like a crazy oh, sure, shut something? <laughs> what if there's a reason behind it? If there's and a crazy anything, them. they wouldn't be going to Burger King and asking for their burger this way. And, you know, I, and I don't know if it's specifically Burger King, but, you know, I'm just saying they're doing a bit much. I, I think for me, it's one of those things where these are the type of people who will come pick up their food and not tip. They, they won't tip, but they'll ask for all of these damn directions for their food to be done in a certain way, but they won't tip. So this was found on the Facebook. If you want to check it out, there's a Facebook page called Don't F With Your Server. Which, that, that does exist, <laughs> and they can be a little problematic and a little racist. And it just doesn't help that it says, okay. It doesn't even say, well, it says thank you, and it says, okay, Karen. Well, someone wrote oh, they, that. Oh, oh, I thought that they signed it. No, okay, no, Karen. <laughs> they took the time to type this out. And it's just the fact that and also, her I think about, about it. I think about maybe there's a maybe there could be an allergy issue. Exactly. And we're making fun of it. Screw How them. Dare us. Screw them still. So uh what do you think about these detailed orders? Are you one of those people at LGT show? Is you are Miss Vegan. Just saying, I, I do have my uh, preferences. But next up, we've got what's trending this hour. The coroner has released updates on Gabby Petito's autopsy that reveals how she died. And that's next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Yes, we are back. More music coming up right here on Channel Q. So hang out with us this afternoon. Why'd you ask me if I dressed up today? Well, Ryan is wearing a cute outfit. It... I don't know. There's something about like your sweater shirt and your little, is it a, a hat? What kind of hat is it again? You were the one speaking French when you saw me. It's a beret. A chapeau, I mean. Chateau is a chateau. Sorry. <laughs> it's a chapeau. <laughs> God, I have not been practicing my French. It's a beret. Why a beret? I don't know. It just felt like you were going somewhere special. Uh, now here, everyday special here. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. All right. <laughs> We've got a lot coming up on the show today. Still, we are talking about twin flames. And wow. is that concept toxic? That's in 30 minutes. Yeah. We're just, you know, finding more ways for our therapist to prove that Shira and I need a break.
from each other. <laughs> You're my twin flame. I'm your twin flame. <laughs> I was going to come wearing a beret. <laughs> and I decided to not. Okay, uh, and also more news about Kim Kardashian continues from her SNL appearance. That's in the T-Report in a moment. Well, make it sound better than that. Give it to me. She's getting dragged and being called out for it because there's a, a part that really offended someone. Oh, one person. No, actually, it's a really important person. Okay, yeah. there you go. Just saying. That's in the tea in a moment. First, let's get into some what's trending this hour. Well, the news uh, is finally here. Gabby Petito's autopsy was released today showing that she was strangled to death. Wow. And this comes from the coroner in Teton County, Wyoming. He later said her body had been in the wilderness for three to four weeks. And still, her fiancé, Brian Laundrie, remains at large. Just crazy, this story. Now, Southwest Airlines CEO Gary Kelly, based out of Texas, shared his take on vaccine mandates statewide and federally. I've never been uh, in favor of corporations imposing that kind of a mandate. I'm not in favor of that, never have been. Uh, But the executive order from President Biden mandates that all federal employees and then all federal contractors, which covers uh, all the major airlines, uh, have to have a mandate in pl- a vaccine in place by December the 8th. So we're working through that. Okay, so of course, employees of Southwest Airlines will have to have a vaccine, not passengers, though. Now, Moderna is urging the FDA to authorize a half-size booster of its COVID-19 vaccine. Ahead of a key meeting of the agency's vaccine advisors, the company is asking for authorization for that half size, saying having the dose increases protection against the coronavirus while helping the worldwide COVID-19 vaccine supply. Uh, The FDA's Vaccines and Related Biological Products Advisory Committee is meeting with this uh, this week to consider booster doses of the Moderna and Johnson & Johnson COVID-19 vaccines. And that was What's Trending This Hour. What's happening in entertainment news, Ryan? All right, Kim K is being called out for her SNL monologue. It's time for the Tea Report. Those pop culture stories trending right now. So if you don't remember this joke, here is the clip that is getting her in trouble. Now, you know, my father was and still is such an influence and inspiration to me, and I credit him with really opening up my eyes to racial injustice. It's because of him that I met my first black person. (laughs) Want to take a stab in the dark at who it was? Um, I know it's sort of weird to remember the first black person you met, but OJ does leave a mark. Or several. Or none at all. I still don't know. Yeah. So we all thought that joke was fun and games. Well, the sister of Nicole Brown Simpson thinks Kim Kardashian's jokes about her sibling's murder were, quote, distasteful. Tanya Brown told TMZ that she thought uh, the Kardashians' remark about Nicole's case in her SNL monologue last weekend were in poor taste. She also questioned if the Kardashians ever cared about her sister at all. I mean, do you think it was a little bit too far? I could see if you're someone who is directly impacted by that. Yeah, Yeah, a a joke about your sister's murder is not funny. Yeah, you didn't think about that. And like, 
the, the the reason why she feels like her sister feels like if they even cared about her at all is because Chris Jenner and Nicole were very close friends. Mm. Um, and when all of this kind of happened, you you saw the you know the struggle that Kim went, uh, well Chris went through, and when OJ was on trial for his late wife's murder, Jenner literally sat on the side of the Browns family while her ex husband, uh, attorney Robert Kardashian, was on OJ's defense team. So. Yeah, I don't, um... So here's the thing. I feel like the joke was more making fun of OJ, and he deserves to be made fun of. But OJ killed, well... But, yeah. You know, the whole thing was about killing and stabbing, and it happened to her sister. Yeah, and it was kind of... I could see, I could see that. I could see, like, if if you were going to put in a focus group and look back at it, like, which maybe part should take out out of that quote-unquote safety. Yeah. To not, um you know, insult anyone, maybe that would have been it. But out of the comedians that she reached out to to help her, Ellen DeGeneres, Dave Chappelle, Amy Schumer, and um, Kanye's not a comedian, but I think he helped. Which one do you think wrote that joke? Oh, Dave Chappelle. Yes, I said the same thing. I think, I don't know if that's true, but I think Dave Chappelle had that joke written all Either totally. that one or the Caitlyn Jenner one. Because there was a Caitlyn one about uh, Chris didn't name her Karen... And she was like, oh, she saw Karen coming, but how did she see Caitlyn coming? Yeah. yeah. It's a lot funnier when she says No, it. I know. I thought it was, I, I thought that was funny. Yep. Um, that's your team report. Um, now, if you do want to know more about the OJ stuff, there's actually a really great documentary on Hulu mm-hmm. that will have you believing that he totally did it. I'm just saying. It's really interesting. It shows bodies. What is it called? Ooh, stop. Why would you put well, me on the spot? Well, you're, you're like recommending that? it now. Go, just type in OJ, OJ on, on Hulu. Damn. I ain't Google. <laughs> That's your team report. Next up, how to know when to create, continue, or drop a routine. That is next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. What do you think about routines? When is it worth continuing a routine or dropping it? And interestingly enough, I think this is a... Uh, it's never a, like a good or bad time to talk about routines, but that usually comes into play in the new year, right? Where like during this time, you start thinking about the year that has come and gone, right? Like what did you create? You have a few more months of this year going. Are you going to, you know, the final, final three months sprint to the end of the year? What are you going to do? Do you have any new routines going in towards the end of the year, Ryan, that you're like, okay, I'm, I'm trying to get this last bit in of my 2021 goals? Did you take, like, another shot of, like, espresso? <laughs> no. I'm like... This is my energy, baby. Jeez Louise. <laughs> get her some decaf immediately. <laughs> um, no, here's the thing about routines. For me, I feel like I have such a difficult time... Um, starting them and then when I do start them if I don't do it one day it's a done deal like let's take for uh, instance like working out before I went to New York I was like working out maybe three or four times a week Mm. and then when I came back because I was tired I had other work to do I kind of got out of that routine yep when I went to the gym yesterday which was nice even though I didn't want to go so I had to you know pat myself on the back and push push through through that um, but I still even left and feel like the kind of normal refresh that I normally feel. And I'm like, damn, I wish I never got out of that routine because it sucks. And I, and how I normally do it, it was, I just put on my gym shoes. I get dressed and I just put on my gym shoes mm-hmm. and like, 
I will, if I put on my shoes, I'll just go. But if you do just mess up once, if you don't go, you'll literally just lose it. And that just sucks. I wish there was a, um, you know, it wasn't like that. Where if like I didn't decide to go one day, I still felt like I could go the next day. But I have to be like pushing myself to make sure I'm on top yeah. of my routine. Well, you're mentioning something we all go through. You know why? Because it takes around two months to build a habit and a routine. It's not natural to us because you are literally rebuilding um, connections in your brain. Because your brain, the connection is used to doing this thing, which is the you know possibly the oh I don't want to go to the gym thing, right? And you're literally building a new neural pathway. Yeah. And that takes time and work. And so I, I think the idea of a routine... What's your routine? ...can be good or bad. The routines I've built over the years, and I'm always creating new ones, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's always it's important to level up in your life, and we all hit plateaus, right? So you have a routine, and then you, you get used to it, and then you're like, okay, well, now this is just part of me. Yeah. I, let's do something new. Mm-hmm. For me, I've gotten into the habit slash routine, which you kind of use them one-on-one, of definitely meditation in the morning. Um, oh, you actually do that? For how long? Well, you think I just talk about this stuff? Well, you never know. <laughs> you rarely never you know, know. I talk the talk and walk the walk, baby, or at least I'm trying to. Um, 20 minutes usually in the oh. morning. And you're sitting there silent. Yeah. And you can't sit in this studio for one minute silent while we work, but you, you can <laughs> meditate for 20 minutes straight? I actually do. This is the thing. I like being alone in silence. However, even when I'm on my own and I'm doing stuff, like I t- I'll talk to myself yeah. or do things because I I do have fo- maybe focus issues or like I've never been diagnosed. We've talked about this with ADD, but definitely I have, I'm hyper. If you were to self-diagnose, you would I would your, say I have yeah. little, I have light uh, <laughs> symptoms of ADD. Just light. <laughs> <laughs> so low grade ADD. <laughs> But uh, and and meditation, yeah, is part of my daily routine. Right. Um, also, waking up in the morning, and this is something I, when I've gotten into bouts of, I would say, low grade depression or anxiety, I noticed is when I didn't do those things. So mm. I I woke up and right away was feeling anxious. I didn't have a process to make myself feel better. So I try to in the morning when I wake up. This might if sound If you cheesy. don't do it once, are you able to jump back in? Yeah, because it helps. I notice it helps enough. It's like mm. my saving grace, to be honest, where I'll wake up and I say, um, I choose today. It's a beautiful day. Like just this recognition and gratitude for what's happening. You say happening. that to yourself? Yeah, I choose, I choose this day. Today's going to be a beautiful day. Do you day. like look at yourself in the mirror? I've started. So this Mel Robbins has this, um, she's a coach, life coach. She has this yeah. new book called The High Five or something. And she Please actually. Please don't tell me it's giving yourself a high five. And she talks about looking in the mirror and giving yourself oh, a high five. Oh my God. <laughs> what I've started though is maybe not doing that, but. You're not giving yourself a high five. Well, I mean, I'm down for that because <laughs> when you give other people a high five, yeah. you, no one, you, you're not unhappy when you do that. When you. Unless maybe you're well, really... Well, we're in a pandemic now, so touch your hands. <laughs> yeah. But it's this idea of doing what they call mirror work, where you look in the mirror and you say, like, what you love about yourself. Okay. So I will sometimes do that if I... I mean, I would love to make that more of a routine, but I catch myself in the mirror and I'll be like, I, I'll say all the things I love about myself physically. Well, I've done sticky notes. That. I will say I have done there the sticky go. note thing where I've put, like, little uh, notes to remind myself of, like... You know, 
you know, have a good day or, you know, you look great or something. And I'll put it on my, on yeah. my mirror and, and do that because that's kind of like affirming for me. It, it It's affirming for everyone. It makes a difference because I think there's like a stat like 80% or more of our thought patterns are possibly negative. Well, the only thing is it's affirming until the sticky note loses its stickiness <laughs> and then falls off of my mirror. And that's you need to create the routine of creating a new sticky note. Yeah, I, I get distracted and I forget exactly. about it. Exactly. So, sticky notes. one, be kind to yourself, be patient because it does take two months or more. Pick up the book also, Atomic Habits. It talks about like little things you can do every every day to create a habit. So like little things like putting your like vitamins. Like I used to always forget to have my vitamins. Yeah. I put it in a place where I know I'm going to see it every day. Make your habits easy. So like yeah. what you do with your running shoes, it makes it easy to go work out. Put your workout clothes next to your bed so you literally walk on them when you wake up or wear your workout clothes to bed. That's something you want to do. And this was a sheer shiny sunshine (laughs) moment. Brought to you by... (laughs) I don't know. My sunshine. Any anxiety medicine. Brought to you by... (laughs) But I'm not being paid for. (laughs) But hey, if you're out there, give it to me. Next up, um, maybe you've experienced meeting your soulmate or twin flame. Why you might want to rethink that. That's next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Recently, the concept of twin flames has popped up a lot. Of course, with Megan Fox and Machine Gun Kelly and their lovey-dovey relationship. They've said they're they're twin flames. They're spirit connection. But here's the thing. Like, they're cringe, but they also are bringing, like, this, this... interesting like nostalgic era of like rock star that feels mm-hmm. like pretty iconic but also there always comes with some negatives with that type of like lifestyle because it can get very dark very fast well they actually do wear very dark clothes no i didn't mean their clothes i meant yeah i know them well, being very toxic well that's the thing the idea of twin flames the question is are with they twins that... <laughs> <laughs> how, how messed up is this conversation gonna get Sean Bradley joins us right now, who's a freelance writer focusing on mental health, tech, culture, and resistance. Thanks for joining us. Hi. Thanks for having me. Of course. So let's talk about the idea of twin flames. Where does it come from? Mm-hmm. One theory is that there are 144,000 humans who are capable of finding their twin flame, and it goes back to the book of Revelation, Um with Jehovah's Witnesses believing that this exact amount of people ascend to heaven as immortal spirit beings. Okay, so, so wow, there's a. Yeah. His- I didn't realize there was such a historical kind of background or like this like Greek mythology background to it. I I do wonder though this idea of like twin flames and if people really connect to that. What what's the t- toxicity that comes right? Because I can only imagine there's a codependency. Mm-hmm. There's a, a a need to not under like see clearly when it comes to like i may need to get out of this relationship yeah so there's so many potential issues um i researched this story for weeks and through that i trolled a lot of closed facebook groups and and reddit threads and just reading as much as i could and there's just so many really sad stories of people talking about exes who have put restraining orders out against them and they can't understand why because they're there to inflame. There's people who, um, you know, are just in despair because their twin flame doesn't want to be with them. They've left husbands of two decades and their twin doesn't want them. Um, They just don't know how to live their lives without being with this person. And it's just, 
people get deep. It's like any rabbit hole that you see online. And because of the kind of origins that I mentioned, these stories that are spawned in the community, it becomes something that, that is really powerful for a lot of people, especially vulnerable people who have maybe um, dealt with some kind of abuse previously, yeah. whether in, with misos- mis- you know, and in their lives. And they are really desperate for this spiritual divine soul connection that will heal them oh and um, give more meaning to their lives that sounds exhausting yeah, it's, it's codependence basically <laughs> it but i mean exhausting. i i get exactly. it there's there's something romantic about that like soul love right no it's like romeo like and juliet we born, they killed each other we were meant to be like we we found each other and like right away we were soulmates how do you think this can inform people in terms of how they look at their relationships knowing that you know, the idea of twin flames or having a soulmate could be toxic. Yeah, so everyone I talk to um, agrees that twin flame relationships are hard work. So even people who believe in them or are in twin flame relationships themselves, you know, they'll say it doesn't have to be suffering and everything, but everyone will agree there's lots of highs and lots of lows because it says that this person mirrors you, right? So this anything that person is doing even if it's toxic is a reflection of you so that's why it's really dangerous for um often women who have been you know abused in the past in relationships they are then being told that the reason this person is being toxic to you is because you haven't healed the toxicity within yourself Mm. so you can just imagine how dangerous that is and there's this concept of runners and chasers and uh, the runners are often men it's not always while the chasers are um usually women and the say the going is that the runner runs away just because it's too intense, not because they just don't want to be with you, but because the relationship is too intense. So you still be some parts of the people in the community that will encourage you to not give up, to persist. I'm like already ready to get off this roller coaster. Exactly. Like it just sounds exhausting um, and it will make people legitimize and romanticize these really toxic abusive situations well thank you so much for writing this and for giving us some perspective definitely you want to search for secure attachment not all that extreme stuff that was sharon bradley a freelance writer focusing on mental health tech culture and resistance uh check out their article about this on vice.com thank you so much and thanks for staying up with us thank you she in the uk and it's late over there (laughs) Well, next up, what the Superman actor Dean Cain, you know, the original, thinks of the bye Superman coming up in the next comic book. That's next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. So DC Comics announced that its new Superman character, Jonathan Kent, who is the son of the original Superman, Clark Kent, and his wife, Lois Lane, is bisexual. So the company revealed that John will begin a romance with a close male friend a refugee hacktivist reporter in a new issue of Superman, Son of Kal-El. And a lot of people were really happy about this, right? But not the original Superman, you know, uh, what's his name? Uh, Dean Cain, who played the legendary superhero in the hit 90s TV series. You were too young to watch this. I remember him in this series. You don't know how old I am. Oh, I do. (laughs) (laughs) So... Kane is now 55, and during, during an appearance on... Oh, well, I see why you remember him now. <laughs> during an appearance on Fox and Friends, he also happens to be a Republican. Oh, gross. They asked, of course, what he thought about DC Comics doing this. And he said that they are bandwagoning by giving the character an LGBTQ storyline. He pointed out that several other superheroes, including DC Comics character Robin, have come out as gay or bisexual, and that it therefore isn't bold or new. 
And he said it would have been brave for DC Comics to highlight real evil in the world, including the rights of women in Afghanistan or slavery. Wow. Okay, so here's the thing. I don't really understand why people are so upset about, or some people are upset about this, because, one, they're fictional stories. Uh, no. Let's, let's just put that out there, you know? You know, there's no Superman, there's no Kryptonia or whatever it's called. I don't know, Kryptonite or crap. I don't know what it well, is. Well, actually, there is crypto. Yeah, well, you know. Um, here's the thing. I... W- I I think this is okay. I think the fact that, you know, these characters are supposed to kind of mimic some sort of real life. And guess what? If, you know, Clark Kent had a son, which I believe he has two in the stories, um, it would make sense that one of his kids possibly was queer. And what what does it matter that, guess what, this queer boy or by, you know, whatever he identifies as in this comic that is fake, Whatever, like it, it shouldn't matter because that's what happens in real life, minus the the superpowers, of course. And so for me, I think it shouldn't be that big of a deal where we're starting to see more inclusive, like queer inclusive storylines, because it's inherently going to happen, and, and that happens in real life. You know, parents, you know, people have kids, and their parents come, you know, their kids come out as queer, or their kids come out as whatever. And so it's just like, what what's the big shocking thing about get this? Get with the times. I don't get it. But I also get y'all's points. I know, sure you had a point. Producer Vanessa had a point. I, I do think the announcement of all these things, I just hope, and I, I think that it does more good than bad, let's be clear. But I just, I want to make sure that it's not performative. It's not like pride, right? Where it's like, we're all going to do something for well, pride. Well, it is a like, pride issue, and I think it's going to be a dollar more. A dollar more. Oh, like the issue cost. Like, what? Okay. Well, that's the thing. So it's like you're. I like I know issue. that it needs to happen, and it's it's for the better because representation matters. But I would also like to see how they're treating the LGBTQ community behind the scenes too. It's like if you're going to be actually wanting to promote this type of inclusion or diversity, like what are you doing? Three sixty throwing um. Yeah. A, uh, Throwing an LGBTQ on a character, does that, uh, you know, it's not Did the only thing you throw the alphabet t- at them? Well, I'm saying that, well, throwing, throwing one of those the on LGBTQ their character <laughs> isn't going to, it isn't the only thing that they should be doing, obviously. Well, I think it's an important thing that they should be totally. doing because um, I think the only people that we see upset at this, and normally it's the comic book nerds who are often very racist and super attached to characters being white, like they are written in the by the author who wrote the original comic, are you know are characters being a certain way, and it's just like comics are going to evolve as the artist writes them and the story evolves. And as the world evolves. So get over it and get out of your mom's basement and do something else with your life. Also, why are we comparing the plight of the LGBTQ community, like pitting it against the rights of women in Afghanistan or slavery? Who cares about Dean Clark? Or Dean whatever his name is. Dean Clark Kent's, you know. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. We're wrapping up the show as we always do with our Yaz Queen of the Day. Yes, Queen. Another young person who is doing much better things than us, Ryan. Oh my God, rub it in. Yep, while still in high school, Sahana Vish wrote her cookbook, Bakeaway, which is going to be in stores October 26th in Target, Whole Foods, and Kroger's. 
And guess what? She's also donating all of her author proceeds to the nonprofit No Kid Hungry. For every $1 donated, No Kid Hungry serves 10 meals. That means that if her first printing run sells out, she hopes to provide kids with about 700,000 meals. Wow. That's so many meals. So go and support her. Again, her book, Bake Away, will be available in stores October 26th. How inspiring. We should we should really think about, you know, doing something intentional about our, um, for the new year, of like something we're going to do that actually makes change. Let's brainstorm. <laughs> Starts with a brainstorm, Ryan. We really should. Hey, okay. Let's do it. I'm tired of these kids showing us up. Yeah, you heard it here first. We're going to do something to change the world. Coming soon. I'm over, you kids. (laughs) That does it for our Yaz Queen of the Day. I'm going to show you who's the better person. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) We're we're changing the world by putting kids down. (laughs) So one... (laughs) Talk about change. (laughs) Inspired action. And that does it for our show today. Yeah. Yes, Queen. <laughs> but we are back tomorrow with more show for you, more music here on Channel Q, 2 to 6 p.m. Pacific, live 5 to 9 p.m. Eastern. On tomorrow's show, we're going to talk about the first thing you need to do if you want to change careers and the study that reveals the real impact of computers and tech on kids. And the results mm. will actually surprise you. That's tomorrow. If you miss any of our shows or interviews, we have a podcast. Just go to the Odyssey app or where podcasts are available and search Let's Go There with with Shira and Ryan. It's that easy. We're sending you love and light. And honey, remember to slay. Now stick around for Love Line with Dr. Chris after this, where he's talking about getting back together with an ex. Ooh, that's next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. (laughs) 